And a big part of being drum major, other than just conducting the band, is kind of getting people together like, hey, we have to go, or hey, we've only got two minutes left before we need to get back on the field. So it involved a lot of yelling on my part. And at one point I yelled, I was like, hey, band, we got two minutes left, start getting onto the field. And this girl passed by me and she's like, you scare me sometimes. Hey, college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Shay. So if you could introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Shay Rathburn. Um, I'm a first year student at Columbia University in New York City, but I am originally from a small town called Peru, Illinois. All right, so let's get to know you a little bit more before we get into college. So upon application, basically what the admissions officer saw, what was your you know, race? gender, and then socioeconomic status? Um, I am a white cis female from a lower middle class family. Um, I, I would describe our socioeconomic status as like, we could live comfortably, but there was always kind of like the worry of money, if, if that's a better descriptor. Mm-hmm. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't have any specific numbers, just like a relative idea. Yeah. So, and then now we can look at how education because I mean, Columbia is quite prestigious. So we can look at how education, like what the expectations were. So -hmm. can you tell me the dynamic in your family? Like, did your parents go or your guardians, did they go to college? Did you have siblings that went and was like the expectation always for you to go to college and, you know, a prestigious college too? Yeah. So both of my parents did go to college. Um, My dad actually went to the University of Missouri and my mom went to Northern Illinois University. Um, But I don't have any siblings. So as an only child, uh, my parents kind of always expected me to go to college, especially because I've always been in like, um, like honors. And I I was in like the gifted and talented education program at my middle school. So I think they always kind of had the idea of like, okay, she's, she's definitely going to be a college kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as for like prestigious college, did they expect of it? Or did you always say to yourself, I'm going to go strive and try to get to the best school as like the best school I can? It was more of my expectations. Um, I've always been really, really hard on myself, even since like elementary school. And I think like I always wanted to go somewhere that was considered like prestigious, but um, it was actually... I was in a junior production of Legally Blonde and I remember they were like the whole plot. It's like, oh my God, Elle Woods is going to Harvard. And originally I was like, I'm going to go to Harvard. I'm going to be the first kid in my family to go to like an Ivy League university. And Mm -hmm. although I didn't end up going to Harvard or even applying to Harvard, um, I like that mentality kind of stuck in my head of like, I kind of want to go somewhere that's like top class, which is a little bit of like my own just expectations. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it was that was always a goal for me since like middle school. (laughs) Okay. 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 So yeah, already coming into high school, you had like high expectations. Yeah. As for your school, can you describe like public, private, um, what kind of public school it was and if they had like the resources for you to succeed? Cause a lot of colleges just having knowledge on the process. So did they have the resources for you to be able to succeed? Oh yeah. So I went to a public high school. Um, I had the option to go to, there was like a local, private Catholic school in our area. And then there was the public school and I chose to go to our public high school and um, they had some pretty good resources. I got to talk to my counselor a lot. Um, I know I always hear a lot of horror stories from high schoolers online that are like, my counselor basically told me I'm not going to college, but I was lucky enough that most of my counselors were, you know, nothing like, like some of the most extreme cases I've seen people talk about. Um, You know, he was very helpful with 
the college application process. And um, the nice thing is there were a lot of resources in terms of like um, at my school, the FAFSA, like they had everyone fill it out to graduate, which is a great system of making sure like everyone gets that filled out. So yeah, it was, it was nice to have those resources at my school. Okay. So we can't, we're going to get into GPA SAT first and then we'll do extracurriculars. But what what I want to do before that is um, going into high school, you had high expectations, but did you have any knowledge of what you wanted to pursue, whether that's like you knew you were kind of like more STEM or more humanities? Did you have any idea or was it more just like kind of like trying different things? Um, I kind of had this idea of like, I wanted to be the woman in STEM before it became kind of the big thing it is um, today. But I was always like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a scientist. I had this idea of like being something, you know, in STEM. But as I started going through high school and I realized that English was kind of my strong suit, I kind of started thinking about like, what if I wanted to do more on that side? And that's kind of led me to do um, different options as I'm going into uh, college, like exploring different subjects. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get that. Like some people don't know. Some people are very clear and that kind of affects how they approach high school. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into your transcript kind of Mm -hmm. area. So by the end of, or by the time you applied, how many APs or honors classes or gifted classes? Yeah. I know. I'm pretty sure most people know what the gifted and talented program is. So how many of those did you have upon application, including those from senior year? Um, so for AP classes, in terms of the ones I took during my senior and junior year, I took uh, six total f- with my school, which I took both AP Lang and AP Literature and Composition, AP US History, AP Government, and then AP Calculus AB, because my school did not offer BC, and then AP Spanish Language and Culture. But I also took um, some exams, just self-studying, which were like AP Biology, mm-hmm. Human Geography, Environmental Science, and Psych. And then in terms of honors, I basically started my fresh, like from freshman year on the honors track in English, uh, in history, in science, and in math. And I was actually a year ahead in math because my middle school had a program where you could test in to do like honors one algebra as an eighth grader. Mm -hmm. So I I tested into that and basically did uh, algebra two honors, geometry honors, and then pre-calc and finally did AP calculus in my um, senior year. So I did five years of math for high school. Okay. So one thing is self-studying for APs. I have never done that. I do not have the intention to do that because thankfully I have like the classes in my school. Mm -hmm. But for those that are listening right now and are thinking about self-studying because their school just doesn't offer those classes or I don't know, they they can't fit into their schedule. What Mm -hmm. advice would you give? Like, how did you self-study? Okay. I would definitely say for advice uh, before starting self-studying, like make sure you have the time and energy and resources to do it. I know that I studied self-studied for three exams during my junior year because that was kind of COVID year for us. So I had a lot more time to myself to read and study. And senior year, I did self-study for one exam, which was AP Psych. But I knew that because I was taking four other classes at my school and didn't have as much time, I was like, I need to scale back. So if you're considering self-studying, you've got to really think about do I have the time and energy to do this? And do I have the motivation to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and the main resource I use were Princeton Review. They make a ton of different study books where they do SAT, ACT prep, and they make a ton of different AP style review books. I had all Princeton Review books for all four of the tests I studied for. And especially for the STEM related 
APs I study for, I used a lot of Khan Academy, especially for mm-hmm. AP bio. They offered AP bio at my school, but I didn't have room in my schedule for it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I took honors biology in freshman year because our school had us do that. So I was like, you know, what? I have a good basis. I might as well try it, see how it goes. And Khan Academy, basically, like I would read through the lesson in Princeton Review and then immediately go watch those Khan Academy videos. And it was so helpful. Websites like Khan Academy and there are some other websites that do similar things. And you can also find YouTube videos. Those are so helpful because sometimes it's hard to just read and then apply. So getting to see it worked out on a screen and explained to you is a huge part that really helped me with self-studying and just taking a lot of practice exams, like all the books had practice exams. I would take those. I would look them up online just to gauge what I was doing and like practice, not just the multiple choice, but FRQs as well. And did you end up getting like fours and fives on your exams of self-studying? Yep. I got a five on AP human geography and then all the rest I self-studied, I got a four on. So I was Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. And the good thing is, if you're planning to self-study a class that like your school has, but you just don't have time for, if you work with a teacher, that can be super helpful. Like my AP bio, I had the AP bio teacher gave me some resources. And for AP psych, I came to all the psych review sessions that the AP psych teacher had. So I got like extra practice, even though I wasn't taking the class. Okay. Okay. That's great. Um, Now let's go on to your GPA by the end of what you submitted to colleges, right? Yes. That would be just your um, freshman to junior year. So can you first give the scale your school used for the weighted GPA? Because most unweighted is out of four. So the scale they used, and then what did your unweighted and weighted GPA end up being? So the scale my school used is like the standard 4.0, but for weighted, it basically just bumped it up a level, like bumped it up one number. So an A was a 5.0 and a B four. Um, my weighted GPA by the end was about a 5.03. And I believe my unweighted was a 4.12. How can your weighted go above a five? Uh, it, I'm not sure, actually. I remember looking at that and being confused, and a lot of people were, but I I'm genuinely don't know. I remember looking at it. it. I think it was because I didn't get anything under an A- minus in any of my years of high school. I don't know if that factored in, but... Um, yeah, I distinctly remember being confused about it, but I never had a chance to ask anyone how it happened. But it, yeah, the way the GPA was 5.03. Okay. And if your school did class rank, did where did where do you think you fell? I was the salutatorian of my class. So, um, and I think part of that was because, um, first of all, the girl was valedictorian, super smart, super sweet, love her. Um, but the other thing was, since I did band all four years, um, I was kind of at a, quote unquote disadvantage because band isn't uh, a weighted class. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you kind of involuntarily reduce your GPA by taking it, which not saying like, I'm not trying to be like, I definitely deserve to be valedictorian, mm-hmm. but I, I, that kind of contributes because usually in the top 10, it's never like someone who's doing band or choir or an art that's gets that valedictorian spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. it's really annoying. Cause my school also had, um, like an art requirement, a tech requirement to graduate and like a health requirement. And those are all regular classes. So it's like, mm. exactly. Yeah. I, I, my biggest, the hill I will die on at my school is they have an essential tech class that's required to graduate, which mm-hmm. I also get it, but it was really annoying because I had taken like a bunch of typing and formatting classes in middle school. And so the fact that I had to take another typing class when I didn't need to was very annoying. I was like, I could be doing something else. Exactly. And we also had a PE requirement because the state of Illinois yes. requires yep. that we take PE and that I will always fight against that. I will always fight. I could have taken so many more amazing classes at that point, but that's not what we're here to talk about. 
Yeah, I know. I agree though. It's so annoying. Yes. Okay. So let's move on to SAT, ACT. Um, first of all, did you take the SAT or ACT? I did. I took the SAT, but I did not take the ACT. Um, I got a 1420 on my SAT, which is a great score, but I also feel bad because I always wanted to retake the SAT. Um, the SAT at my school kind of fell at a bad time because it came right after spring break, yeah. which I, at that time, my dad and I had planned this big trip. So I was literally like in Washington, DC, trying to enjoy my spring break. And I'm literally like, Oh my God, I have to take the SAT in like two days. So it didn't turn out as much as I wanted to, but I just got so busy during senior year. I didn't have a chance to retake it or schedule a time to take the ACT. So I ended up going like test optional with most of the schools I applied to. Okay. So the time you took the SAT would have been junior year after spring break, right? Yeah. It was April of my junior year. Okay. And then you went test optional for most schools? Yes. I think, um, especially the higher level ones for the most part, I did go test optional. And then I'm assuming for Columbia, you went test optional too? Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. So I guess that's the boring stuff. Now we can move on to extracurriculars. So I'm just going to have you list like the main extracurriculars you did in um, high school, just like list them out. And then we can go do a little bit of a dive into each one. Oh yeah. Um, So the main ones I did were band, Renaissance, uh, key club, writing club, um, science club. I did um, scholastic bowl. Scholastic bowl was a big one. And then I did, I know there's more. I did a lot during high school. So I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, like out of my list, I always forget some. Um, I did book club. I did foreign language club. And I did my school's wind ensemble, which was part of band, but it was also like an extracurricular relation. Mm -hmm. And I I always did the school musical. So those were the big ones I did. I'm just writing these all down for myself. (laughs) I know it's a big list. (laughs) Musical. Okay. So first one you said was band and wind ensemble. And you said earlier you did that for four years. So Mm -hmm. can you... I know just elaborate like what instrument did you play and did you start like before high school and eventually by the time you applied did you have any like special position because I knew I know they do like first chair or something like that yeah so I started playing I play clarinet and I started in fifth grade and played all the way through high school um I did both marching band and concert band so my first exposure to like high school band was summer right before freshman year we did marching band and that was the beginning of it all. Um, for marching band, I was the section leader for the clarinets in my sophomore year, which was all about teaching the freshmen and just kind of being a leader for the band. And then my junior and senior years, I was the drum major um, or one of the drum majors. We had multiple. And uh, for those who aren't aware, drum majors are the ones that are conducting the band during performances, during marching band. Um, the whole band? Yes. Yes. Um, it's, it's scary, it's scary, but it was a lot of fun. Um, my junior year, I didn't get to do as much because it was kind of, we had like a really shortened season from like February to April because football season was pushed then because of COVID. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to learn as much and get to have the same experience, but senior year was a lot more normal. I got to go to like drum major camp and learn more about conducting. And I was so happy I did it. It was such a good time. I loved it. And, um, I had my funny story is one of my closest friends. She's a junior in high school right now who 
joined her sophomore year. I had known her in middle school, but she joined sophomore year to play clarinet. And a big part of being drum major, other than just conducting the band, is kind of getting people together like, hey, we have to go, or hey, we only got two minutes left before we need to get back on the field. So it involved a lot of yelling on my part. And at one point I yelled, I was like, hey, band, we got two minutes left, start getting onto the field. And this girl passed by me and she's like, you scare me sometimes. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And I take it as a compliment, but Mm -hmm. that was just such a funny experience. Um, And I was in a marching band, in concert band, I was first chair since I think like sophomore year of the school band. And then wind ensemble was a new addition last year because we kind of switched band director. We had one band director for two years and then my junior senior year was new and I was first chair in wind ensemble. And I always did the Illinois Music Education Association's like honors district festivals where you had to audition. And if you got in, you would get to do like a whole day where you played and excuse me, um, where you got to rehearse and play at like, I think we did Augustana College when I went for the district. I did district in my freshman, junior, senior year, and then I made it to all state honors in junior and senior year, which was a totally amazing experience getting to be in the all state honors band because it was so big, but it was, and it was just so much fun. I, so I was not affiliated with your school, all state honors. That is a completely separate organization that ILMEA, um, our school will usually just let people know of the audition process and then facilitate transportation and um, like accommodations, especially because the district festival is only for a day. So we would just go like drive on a bus and come back. But the all state festival is three days. So then we got to stay in a hotel and that kind of thing. Well, that sounds so fun. Um and the thing is, like, you did quite a bit with music. I mean, you've done it since fifth grade and you I mean, you went all states and you were like um, drum major, first chair and all. Did you ever have the intention to like ever pursue music or at least do like a dual degree with music? I definitely thought about it. I think I always knew that I didn't want music to be my career, but I always knew I wanted to do music. Like, even though I'm not con- considering like music as a degree while I'm at Columbia, I'm still actively participating in music ensembles and I have my clarinets with me. So um, it's not, I don't know if it's ever going to be my career. I mean, things could change. It's college. Things change all the time, but um, I definitely want music, especially clarinet to be part of my life going forward. And I definitely want to talk about this when we get to the part where we talk about your experience at Columbia with like people, because when you do music, it's a huge time commitment. Mm-hmm. I want like, I'm going to ask you later on how you like kind of incorporate it into Columbia life. Like while yeah. you're at university. Um, okay. Let's see. You said you did Renaissance club. Yes. Um, what is that? It's interesting. It's kind of like a school spirit club in the way that our whole job was to create events and create programs and incentives for like good behavior, good attendance. Um, There's this, I don't know, a lot of schools use Jostens as a company to do yearbooks. And Jostens was a company that came up with like this renaissance idea, where it's this program that a bunch of schools use. Um, Mm -hmm. We would put on like rallies that would talk about how to get these, we made Renaissance cards, quote unquote, where if you got a certain GPA, certain disciplinary track record and certain attendance, you get perks. Like you would get, we would have free treat day where we would have local organizations bring in ice cream. And if you had the card, you could get ice cream. We had, you know, missing, missing detention. If you got a detention, Um, we had like fast passes for dance. So uh, a huge part of that was just like 
increasing school spirit and increasing those metrics of like achievement and attendance through these kind of programs. And it was super fun. I was on the leadership team for like three years doing that. Mm -hmm. And when you were writing on your, um, I assume you applied Common App to most schools? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you were writing on the Common App, what exactly did you write for Renaissance? Like what your position was and what you did? Um, When I put it under the, you know, the different categories. I wrote it as like school spirit. And then I described my position just as like leadership team member. And then I generally described it as a school spirit club whose main concern was improving attendance, grades and behavior in the school. Okay. Okay. So next club you said was well, quite a list key club. Yes. Uh, <laughs> key club is it's, it's, it's a branch of Kiwanis. If you've heard of Kiwanis. I've not, I heard of, I swear, I still don't know what key club is. Like I hear, I have it at my school too. And I hear it everywhere. Everyone thinks key club makes keys, but our slogan is we don't make keys. We open doors because, um, it's a high school service organization. So the whole, um, idea is volunteer work. So for my school, we would do blood drives. We would do, um, park cleanup. We would do fundraisers for UNICEF. So it's like the biggest high school organization for service in the world right now. Is it kind of like National Honor Society, but not an honor society? Kind of. It, it The whole um, goal is just to do like those volunteer work. So I don't know the connection to Honor Society, but it's it's pretty well known. Um, but yeah, I, I, a huge part of it was volunteer work. I think that's the main core of Key Club. I remember because my Key Club had like a fundraiser and they were like, we're donating, no, donating like the cookies we sell to UNICEF. So yeah, trick or yep. treat for UNICEF is going on right now where like they raise the money. It's, it's the annual like Halloween fundraiser. So all of that goes to UNICEF and each year they have a different pledge. Like I think last year it was to provide clean water in Haiti and this year they have a different goal. Oh, okay. So, and then like every key club in the United States from different high schools, all that money, like they'll collect it and they'll put it, give it to UNICEF. Yep. Key club collects it. And then they give it to UNICEF. UNICEF has their own site too. that can be donated to directly. It's just a really great partnership. Um, Mm -hmm. And key club partners with like March of Dimes and Children's Miracle Network as well. Oh, that's incredible. And then what position did you have in key club? In, I joined actually my sophomore year instead of my freshman year, but um, as a junior, I was the secretary at my home key club. And then in my junior, senior year, I was lieutenant governor of a, a little division of key club. So I kind of oversaw five different clubs in the area and then helped them plan like inter-club events and just help them answer any questions they had. Oh, so that's like not even president. That's like you're doing multiple schools? I was on the district board. Yeah, which was the district has like an executive board that oversees the whole district, which we were the... Um, we were the Illinois Eastern Iowa district, which included all of Illinois and a little bit of Iowa. And then each district had divisions of clubs that the mm-hmm. lieutenant governor, it was like a pyramid where clubs, I don't want to say report, but clubs work with the division, uh, lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor works with the district, district works with the international board. And it's just a whole like system. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> okay. So, and then actually one more thing. I've never heard of this lieutenant governor, governor, ge- lieutenant general thing. Um, how did you end up with the position? Like, was it like an election or? 
Yeah. So one of my friends who was the secretary of the key club her first year had done lieutenant governor. And she told me, she's like, I think you would be a great fit for this. It's very organizational. It's very communication wise. And so um, I we did an election of clubs in the area and I ended up winning. It was it was very small. But Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah. So from March of my junior year until March of my senior year, I was lieutenant governor. And we're called lieutenant governors because we all serve the head of the executive board is the governor. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. So next is writing club. Yes. So take it that was a, there. yeah, that was a creative writing club, um, really low key, but something I really enjoyed because I'm looking at being a creative writing major. Um, we would just come meet up and share our creative writing samples and share writing exercises and, you know, super low key, but just a great club to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And is this, was this something you kind of joined in um, freshman year and then you slowly began to realize, oh, I'm more like someone who likes English and like the humanities? Definitely. Creative Writing Club really helped me start to realize like this is something I would love to do. Okay. And then another big one you said was Scholastic. Yes. So can you first quickly elaborate on that? Because it is quite a big thing. And then what was your role in Scholastic? So Scholastic Bowl was like um, some some clubs have or some schools have Quiz Bowl instead. It's very similar. Yeah, it's similar to Jeopardy, but, you know, on a smaller scale with the buzzers and trivia. I adore trivia. I like my dad and I on road trips literally do trivia questions to pass the time. So ever since freshman year, I did it in middle school. And then as soon as I got to high school, I'm like, I'm doing Scholastic Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun. I loved doing it. It was probably the most fun I had in any club and I'm doing quiz bowl at Columbia now. So it's, oh. it's still with me. And then can you describe, cause I know scholastic, it goes to like the national level, right? So like, what were the different levels of scholastic and like, how do, how do you compete? Is it like you're with a team of like two other people? Yeah, we would do teams of five and we would, we mostly just compete at the local, like we or like kind of regional level, but you could also at the end of the season participate in regional competitions. And I think we made it to sectionals and that's when you kind of go up the chain. So you can go to state and I don't know if any of our teams in my school's history went to nationals, but you can definitely get that high up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, I think one more thing we can do is book club and then mm-hmm. we can move on to like college as okay. well. So again, I'll let you take it from here. Book club was just as simple as that. We just got together and, um, you know, we'd read and meet up like Thursday mornings, have breakfast and discuss the books. It was another low key club that I really enjoyed. It was just kind of like a breather from like everything else going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And the clubs you've done, they're like some of them are like Englishy, like very related to what you wanted to pursue. And then you had band as well. And then you had Renaissance and then key club. Renaissance is more like a school spirit. Key club was more service based. Mm-hmm. So when you went about choosing your clubs when you came in, because most of them you started freshman, freshman, sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, what was kind of like your thinking behind it? Like, how did you approach finding clubs to join? Honestly, I just looked at the list of clubs and decided, you know, I'm just going to do what I love because I think there are a lot of people or I wanted to try something new as well, but I think a lot of people have this mentality of, oh, I have to join certain clubs to look good on a college application. And I kind of told myself, I'm like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to get stuck somewhere that I regret joining. So my mentality for school, which might not be the best for like creating an ideal application, but my mentality was just doing things I enjoyed doing. And so once I found those in freshman year, I just said, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this. So that was how I did it. And it helped me to enjoy my high school experience. 
Okay, that's great. That, that's how it should be done. There's yes. no like proper way to do it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into college now, more college-oriented stuff. Mm-hmm. So when did you first start thinking about not the fact that you wanted to go? We know we've established that you always mm-hmm. wanted to go to college. When did you start actually thinking about, okay, now I need to start looking at colleges. I need to figure out my list. When did that process begin for you? I would say started probably middle to late junior year, which some people would say that's late. And I probably should have started maybe like earlier. But for me, that's when I really started formulating like, okay, what are the colleges I'm going to apply to? What am I looking at in colleges? And I started planning out like, okay, what am I going to be writing about? And that kind of thing. So it really started to plant the seeds in like mid to late junior year for me. That's it for my episode with Shay. Well, part one of my episode with Shay. Next week, I'll be releasing part two, only because the other part is also about half an hour long, and I don't like podcast episodes that stretch that long. I think they get too, you kind of tune out at the 40-minute mark. So that's why it will be released next week. And I'm here to just make sure you guys know to subscribe so you know when future episodes are released. And I hope to see you in Shay part two. Bye.